0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. I am your host, Brian Convery, and for those who are new to the show, Coffee with Convery is an intimate, upfront, and personal coffee chat with some of the most amazing, intriguing, and inspiring students and young talent I've met over the years. This podcast series is meant for all audiences, students, new grads, career service counselors, parents, recruiters, and lifetime learners with a passion for the future of skills and the future of work. My guest today is Christina Caldy, an authentic and fun-hearted McMaster graduate from 2018 with a Humber College Postgraduate Certificate in Public Relations in 2019. Welcome, Christina, to the show. Christina, why don't you go about ahead and introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit more about yourself.
1: All right, first off, uh, thank you so much for having me today, Brian. I'm so excited about this opportunity and uh, for being with you here today. So, I will start off by. So, my name is Christina, and I am a communications manager for RBC's operations enablement and integration team in banking operations. Lots of words. Um, I've been at RBC for almost six years now. Uh, most recently in various communications roles. I live in Toronto, uh, but I'm from Mississauga. And I'm currently, like most of us, working from home in my super tiny apartment, uh, which I've actually quite enjoyed, minus you know, the reason for it being a pandemic, of course. <laughs> um, I really love photography, and I love writing. And um, as a as a queer woman, I'm really passionate about uh, diversity and inclusion.
0: Amazing, amazing. And how? <laughs> and uh, photography these days. How are you? Uh, how are you keeping up with the hobby?
1: So it's actually it's actually interesting because I think you know having this extra time uh, has having all this extra time has actually done good things for my photography career. Um, I you know you get out you spend as much time as you can kind of outside. We can't really do anything or go anywhere else except kind of you know go on our government-sanctioned walks. So I'll take my camera with me everywhere I go. And nice. as mentioned, having that extra kind of time from not having to commute for multiple hours a day, I've been able to focus a lot more on my photography, um, which is which has actually been a really kind of interesting and positive silver lining towards you know having to be at home all the time.
0: Yeah, great, and especially now with the new sunny weather coming out and stuff, it's it's nice to break exactly. out and get out and take some photos, right? <laughs>
1: Exactly, I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> well, to get us going, I always like to ask my guests a few, you know, get to know you questions, get us warmed up, and kind of get some more insights into you as as a person. So, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you uh, a couple of quick questions, and then we'll we'll get right into it. So, what is your favorite emoji?
1: <laughs> favorite emoji. I use, I use the, the laughing, crying face a lot, the, okay. the one that's, that's both laughing and crying, because I feel like if that the, you know, doesn't accurately sort of describe the last year, <laughs> I don't know what does, um, But yeah, I think that one's, a pretty, uh, that one's a pretty favorite one and a pretty prominent one of, of, of
0: mine. Nice. Um, <laughs> if you could eat one food for the rest of your life, well, what would it be?
1: Uh, definitely lasagna. A La-
0: huge, very specific huge, lasagna.
1: Very, it's a huge lasagna fan.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: definitely my favorite food. I used to get into like fights in elementary school with kids about it as to whose nonna made better lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's always mine.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, sounds like when the pandemic's over, I need to make my way over to your house for some lasagna.
1: Oh, for um, sure, for sure.
0: Absolutely. Favorite way to spend a day off? Uh,
1: probably probably out taking pictures, uh, okay. maybe out hiking, just going out anywhere, even if it's just sort of a walk around the neighborhood. I moved to Toronto this year, so it's been, it's been really great for, from a photography perspective. So, yeah, just getting out and going on long walks and taking pictures are probably, you know, a favorite way of mine to spend a day off.
0: It's nice. It's, it's relaxing and creative at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. This is the one I'd I love to hear from people on. Uh, hit the snooze button or wake up immediately.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm one of those that has like seven different alarms set in the morning <laughs> that are all five minutes apart. And I'm snoozing each <laughs> one every
0: okay. time. <laughs> okay. And if you had to pick a favorite word, what would it be?
1: um I really like the word noodle noodle <laughs> noodle I, maybe it's because I really like pasta and, and lasagna is my favorite <laughs> my favorite food but I also just really like the word noodle I just think it's such a funny word I think it would be a great name for a pet I like around. it
0: <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you. That could get some more insights into you and uh, and warming up the the conversation. So thanks for sharing. Uh, so for as, sure. you know, as as part of this conversation, uh, many students like you have have made that high school to post secondary school and have you know now entered the workforce and done internships and co ops. Um, you know, since you've made that transition from school to work. Um, I'd like for you maybe to share that journey with today's listeners and maybe give them a bit about, you know, what you learned along the way from that experiences um, uh, in those transitional times and, and what were some of the takeaways?
1: Mm -hmm, Definitely. So I was pretty lucky in the sense that I was, I was working at RBC already when I was a student. I was working in the summers um, at RBC as a, as a returning summer student uh, starting in 2016. And not not in a communications capacity the whole time I started working in insurance. So that was a very, very different role. Um, But during that time, when I was in insurance, I I did a lot of research as to who the comms professionals that were in my reach were. And I started uh, meeting regularly with the insurance communications team. Um, they were all you know, absolutely amazing, and I you know, made a few mentors out of them, and um, it was actually one of them that encouraged me to consider doing a postgraduate certificate to learn more about what some of those more tangible communication skills are that you don't really get much of an opportunity to do when you're doing an undergraduate degree in communications in the university, unfortunately. Uh, but that is what I ended up doing, and I'm so thankful that I did. Um, while while I was in school, I also made sure to keep in contact with this team um, so that, you know, I had those contacts kind of ready to go and ready to reach out to when I was ready to actually enter the workforce. Uh, so, after my postgraduate degree the part of that degree was to find part of the the way to uh, graduate from that degree was to get an internship at the end Uh, so I actually ended up landing an internship back at RBC in the summer of 2019 in RBC's HR communications and um, instantly just booked so many coffee chats (laughs) upon (laughs) upon um, getting there and just made sure to keep those coffee chats up throughout my summer, because I was like, okay, this is my first foot in the door. I need to um, network as much as I can uh, right now. Um, I can't really even stress enough how important ne- networking is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I also really think that it's something that people get intimidated by at the beginning, especially students. And I remember being really intimidated by it because I feel like there's this expectation and there's this pressure on you that you put on yourself where you feel like you need to have a lot, to, you need to have a lot to network, you need to have a lot to back yourself up and a lot of work done already to share, but you really don't, um, you know, this, you're starting off and it's it's all really just about getting your name out there as someone who is passionate and ready to learn is is sort of what I learned. People were still really interested in talking to me, and answering all my questions, and were really open to you know keeping my name in the back of their minds, um, you know in the future when something did come up, even though you know I, I'd been at an internship for a couple weeks. So, yeah, that's
0: truly interesting because, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about um, how you framed and articulated you know, that piece of, of, like, who knows you versus who you know, and the fact that you're in mm-hmm. the back of the mind and, you know, that's a mindset shift, right? Because some of the times we're thinking, oh, I need to build a whole list of people that I, that I know where you could actually build a smaller list where they actually know you and talk about you with others and are there to support you. So, yeah, it's very exactly. d- good points. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If you were to think about what's one thing, uh, or maybe more than one thing, but one thing you think should be taught in school that really isn't,
1: I feel like there's so many things <laughs> that aren't taught in school. <laughs> um,
0: I think so. I'm, I'm
1: I'm not really sure how much school has changed, or you know how much our, the regular curriculums have changed since I was in school. I will just lift off, you know, like a few things. I think gender studies should really be mandatory. Um, If not, just sociology or sociological studies in general. Um, I, I do not really think that, you know, learning how to be critical of the status quo or learning about the interconnected nature of things like race and class and gender should be elective. Like, I think these are all really mm-hmm. important things uh, that people need to learn to understand how the world uh, works. So I think, in general, that's something that I think is, like, I know it is taught in school, but I think it should be mandatory.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I guess taxes, too, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like we don't learn enough about that kind of
0: As well, so I'm going to I'm going to leave it with those two. Okay. That's why I have an accountant. Um, Yes, I hear you. It's uh, that time of year, right? But no, but back to your first point too, it's super insightful um, with what you shared and uh, and might be of interest for some, some folks listening in today to think about some of those types of programs that if they're not mandatory or are electives, but something that might help them as they navigate life. Um mm-hmm. so no, thank you for sharing that. um so next up, so getting a little bit more personal now um and and wondering if you could share with me and our audience what has been your biggest challenge in life, and how did you overcome it?
1: Okay, so biggest challenge in life i would i would def- I would probably say that that you know my biggest challenge to date. And I'm still quite young, so um, <laughs> I, I would say I would say biggest challenge to date would probably be coming out as gay and having to navigate that um, with my family and 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 moving you know forward in, in, in a workspace as well too. I like at at the time I had a lot of I had a lot of gay friends. I already had a pretty strong support system. A lot of friends who were in the queer community, but who would known that they were, uh, you know, from the time that they were, like, 12. So it was, it was a little interesting and kind of terrifying to sort of enter that space in my early 20s. I I felt a lot of, like, almost shame and sort of guilt for kind Mm -hmm. of stepping into that, for kind of stepping into that and realizing that so late. Um, I was kind of almost like, you know, who am I to get to? slap a gay label on myself right now. Like what if like who knows if I even am? Like what does this mean? Mm -hmm. How like how am I going to kind of navigate this without hurting people or like offending, you know, the unimaginable struggles that so many other people have had. Um so after sort of coming to terms with that and slowly coming out to my friends and, you know, discovering again, as I mentioned, I had a really, really supportive circle around me. I had almost forgotten that I'd need to tell my family because <laughs> I was away at school when this happened so you know I'd been out for a couple of years at school and then I came home after university was over and that's when I think things got a little bit a little bit more you know rough I am um, I come from a super traditional like European background so when I told my parents it really just didn't go over well at first at all there was there was a lot of hurt on their end about, you know, me kind of hiding this part from myself from them for so long, and there was a lot of stress that they were feeling about how the rest of the family would react and, and all kinds of questions and stresses about, you know, what sorts of prejudice, you know, why I'd be subjected to later in life, and and there was, and I think that there was a lot of emotion that was sort of tacked on to that with them, and I think that they kind of projected that on, onto me. So, and and again, it's like, it's nothing that I would, that I blame them about today. But I think that at the time it was just, I was so emotional about it and they were really emotional. And I was so angry with, you know, the way that they responded. there was a lot of resentment there for a while, but it's like, I've learned to be patient and I've learned to open up with that. And it's, it's gotten so much, better sense. I think they just needed time to process and also learn, like, once a lot of that anger had kind of disappeared over time, it became a lot easier to approach the topic and have more interesting and educational conversations about it so that they could learn that, you know, like, I am okay, there is a lot more people, there is a lot more members within the queer community who need this type of acceptance and support, like, you know, queer people of color and trans people, etc. Um, I also wanted to point out, too, that, Yeah, one thing that really got me through this time as well was definitely the support of my partner and my friends and honestly just a lot of a lot of queer media, specifically podcasts. (laughs) Um, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts and a lot of stories and it was a really great way to hear stories and journeys from people across the world that you can really resonate with. But yeah, things are things are much better now. You know, half the grandparents know everything is really great involved <laughs> with the family <laughs> now
0: but yeah well thank you thank you for sharing mm-hmm. such a you know personal and uh you know personal story from yourself and and sharing that journey and you know i'm hopeful too that you know part of the the like you said listening to podcasts and other things and you know hopefully there's a listener there who might be you know wondering and thinking about things and you know also understanding that It does take time and and everyone's experiences is their own journey and, um, you know, we, I always say when I, you know, I, when I went to my parents too, it was, I knew it for a long time. They just heard it 15 minutes ago. So how do I give them that experience to kind of reflect, Um, but it is, uh, again, thank you for, for really sharing that and and hopefully that's uh, some good insights for some folks that are listening in. I really appreciate that. If you look at um, this expression, "Yesterday's dreams aren't always today's realities," as we know, how have your priorities changed over time, and and maybe why?
1: Hmm. So I feel like I feel like my priorities have definitely changed over time, especially over the course of the past year. You know, during a time that we were all kind of forced to put our lives and our priorities on pause. Um, I think that, I think that I've become a lot more patient over time. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that it's easy, especially when you're kind of starting out, I think it's easy to get really frustrated and feel lost when you don't really land exactly where you want to, when you think you should be at a certain stage in life. Like, you know, you don't, sometimes you really don't Just find a job right out of school Um, and then when you do find a job. It's not exactly, you know, it might not exactly be the 1 you want to be doing in in 30 years. And I think um, that's totally normal. And I think, especially over the past year. I've learned to really kind of take a step back and think about the fact that. You know, you or I, in this case, like have my whole life in front of me and that I really don't need to have everything. figured out right away.
0: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: As you know, someone starting their starting off their career, like this, is the time to learn and, and make mistakes and just be open and not put that pressure on yourself. Um, you don't always need to make sure that you're executing on that like five or your ten-year plan, and your priorities are going to change a lot over time, and you have to be really open to that. <sighs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting how, um, how you've, how you've thought through that. And I, I agree. There's so much pressure on the machine or the system for us to be. Programmed, if you will, yeah, right yeah. on what has to yeah. happen by what and what defines success, what defines happiness um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and the time boxing, it's, it, it, it's almost like, where does this all come from?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly
0: yeah um so on that on that note, thinking about values and i you know knowing you and and having you met you through a coffee chat initially, and this is another a virtual coffee chat, I'd much prefer our time face to face but you know thinking through um your values and how they you know are who you are and how it describes you as a person, how have your values and skills enabled you to be successful let's say in life
1: Mhm. So in terms of in terms of values and skills, I think that I think that I'm a pretty I'm definitely I'm definitely a good listener. I think that I'm a, I'm a pretty good listener, and that I think my listening skills have really helped me out in being successful in life because it's that's how you make connections and and that's how you make connections with people and and these and making connections with people is how you, you go places. It is, it's you know, not so much how many accomplishments you can add to your list and how many, you know, awards you have. It is kind of how you go through life making these t- types of connections and maintaining them with people, I really think is is kind of the key to success. And I think when it comes to, like, values, I really value open-mindedness and staying open-minded mm-hmm. in all aspects of your life, you know, whether it is, Working to kind of make yourself aware of your own, you know, maybe your own potential ignorance when it comes to how you perceive something or someone and I also, you know, think it's really applicable in the workplace as well. It's really important in the workplace, being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And make sure that, you know, the work that you're putting out is accessible and is going to resonate with your audiences. This is something that's super important in communications, but, um. I think a good way to kind of describe both of these together when it comes to like listening and, and uh, being open-minded, I feel like is probably just through empathy. So I feel mm-hmm. like that's a good way to kind of describe it. And I think it's, it can be considered as both a value and a skill. So yeah, I would say, I would say, I feel like it would be my empathy.
0: Yeah. You know, and empathy nowadays for sure with, um, with, You know, people showing up and and showing up virtually in situations and, you know, we don't know what they're going through, right? Mm -hmm. Or we don't know what they're facing. And, um, and that goes for, you know, if I uh, think about it, that goes for any, any engagement or conversation. And, you know, as we even think about, you know, going back to some sort of normalcy of something uh, in the future, I, I think empathy is going to be something we need to carry forward for sure.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I think it's something that we need to, I think it's something that we need to focus on and, and kind of focus on from both like a granular and, and a larger perspective. I think it's something that we need to kind of move forward in keeping in mind when we work with. Our teams and when we, you know, when we're talking to friends, like you said, like, we really don't know what people. Are going through right now and and will likely kind of continue to go through for the next little bit. So I think it's something that's really important to kind of always keep in the back of your mind.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So when um, when this podcast airs, we will be officially in uh, International Women's Day, uh, I'll call it week, mm-hmm. uh, with it being on Monday, March 8th. Um, and given mm-hmm. the focus of International Women's Day, um, you know, I'm curious about from your perspective, you know, what does that, actually mean to you, and, um, and maybe you could articulate a little bit about what that means to you.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely. Oh, it's so important. Um, so, to me, like, International Women's Day is, it's a huge celebration. It's also a reflection on, I would say, all that self-identifying women have accomplished. So, to me, it's, it's really important that. You know, we focus on International Women's Day or as well through an intersectional lens, like, when we are talking about it, so that we are, uh, you know, including the accomplishments and, and focusing on the recognition of all women, um, whether that is, you know, all women being self-identifying women, you know, women of um, the various BIPOC communities, uh, transgender women, non-binary women. I think it's really important that we look to celebrate and reflect on these accomplishments and and not be exclusionary about it. Um, it needs to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. So, I think, you know, for example, I can just share a little bit of like a background like story. But my so my partner is actually currently in the early stages of uh, transitioning. So she is currently still using she her pronouns. So for the purposes, you know, of this, I'll still use them here. As well, but, um, you know, she's doing her PhD in molecular genetics. Now, Like one of the things that was the hardest for her to grasp on kind of coming to further realizations about potentially being trans was that she wasn't going to be a part of women in science anymore. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: like science, like the financial district as well is very, very male dominated. And, you know, she'd spent years working and advocating for women in STEM and. It just honestly really broke her heart to think about this not being something that she could be a part of anymore. Especially since, you know, even in light of of her transness, she still feels so connected to her womanhood, and at least right now, just doesn't want that to change. So, you know, even though she might look more masculine one day, she just she still feels really attached and feels this connection. And I think that we need to make sure that all individuals attached to any form of their own personal womanhood are, are considered and accounted for. Um, I really think that to be able to forge a gender equal world, we need to be able to understand the complexities of gender first and mm-hmm. the different layers of it and the different barriers that you know impact uh, you know, like a, a cisgender white woman versus a, a, a transgender white woman, or a transgender or non-binary woman of color. I think that we really need to make sure that the accomplishments that we're putting forth and, and the support that we're putting forth is is given to the women who you know need uh, need it most, and 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 that we're listening to those women.
0: Wow, well, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that that story and mm-hmm. that understanding the you know now even the the word womanhood and how you how you went through that uh, you know definitely definitely uh good good insights into you know that day and thinking beyond what sometimes people traditionally think and I that's you know one of the greatest things I love about talking with you (laughs) is uh (laughs) you know the insights and the conversation are are just so wonderful and I could Talk to you all day, but I know we're, we're, we're really at the end of time here, which we have today, but I want to thank you, Christina, for joining me today and being on the show, uh, your insights and thoughts and. You know, your authenticity are really so inspiring, um, for the listeners. If you liked what you heard today, please share this podcast with your network and we will continue to connect. Um, this week for uh, an opportunity to talk with more young women and their journeys as we celebrate International Women's Day week. This has been Coffee with Convery, and till next time, please stay well. Thank you.